how far would you go to get rid of someone in your way? I mean, what would you do, Raina? Murder? Murder? (laughs) Well, in today's story, that's exactly what this former NYPD cop did to get rid of her soon-to-be ex-husband. Rather than the typical divorce and, you know, (laughs) move on with your life type of breakup, she decided she would hire a hitman to get rid of all of her problems. All of her problems, except for one, the fact that she got caught. <laughs> tisk tisk. <laughs> well, I guess it's not such a big problem that she got caught because more men's lives were saved. <laughs> so welcome back, guys, to those Murder Girls podcast. Happy Friday. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Marie. And I'm Marina. And we are going to jump right into this story of disgraced ex-New York cop Valerie Cincinnelli and how this seemingly doting mother and upstanding police officer fell from grace. A very hard fall at that. Girl (laughs) fell hard. Extremely. (laughs) So divorce can be messy. I mean, very messy in some cases. But I mean, enough to want to drive you to murder? No, dude. I love my freedom. Yeah, me too. Don't look at me (laughs) when you said that. Beyonce, you are safe, I promise. You are so safe. (laughs) Well, apparently not in Valerie Cincinnati's case. Not only did she plot the murder of her soon-to-be ex-husband, but also her lover's teenage daughter. Jesus. So some say that Valerie's vicious murder-for-hire plot was actually inspired by the Long Island Lolita. I don't know if you guys have heard of that case. I'm sure a lot of you have. Mm -hmm. We're totally going to have to talk about that another day. It's (laughs) It's a good good one. one. (laughs) But for now. Back to Valerie. So she was born June 2nd, 1984, and she's from Oceanside, Long Island, New York. Valerie was married to her husband, Isaiah, and they had two children together. She had a daughter from a previous relationship, and then she shared a son with Isaiah. So she was quoted in an interview saying, I love my kids. They're my soft spot who, at the time, she was working in an NYPD domestic violence uh, unit. That's where she was stationed. So she also said, I feel like I'm making a difference by helping children and their families. Totally just trying to play the part. Right. She's good at it. Deflecting (laughs) all of her evil. So, I mean, come on. Like, from the outside, by all accounts, she's a decorated NYPD officer. She's serving and protecting the community. She's an outstanding cop. Yeah, they're right? for the children. <laughs> she was a 12-year veteran on the force at the 106th Precinct after joining back in 2007. And you guys, she was highly respected among her peers. She was actually even awarded Cop of the Month by the Rotary. Wow. Right. But behind this seemingly upstanding cop, she was actually hiding quite a dark secret. She was fucking evil. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> just, you know, just plotting pure, her husband's murder. Just pure evil. Yeah. So at this time, Valerie and her husband were going through a very heated divorce. And this was after just four years of marriage. And there was a very heated custody battle over their young son. And this was taking place in 2017. I mean, what not a better way than to just have him axed, right? Yeah, I guess. There you go. (laughs) No, Valerie, no. While doing her duties and serving on the police force, Valerie began to stray out of her marriage with Isaiah, sparking up a love affair with a 54-year-old man by the name of John. 
John was super wealthy, like serious cash. He was well-established, and he had been known to rub shoulders with some TV mobsters from the show The Sopranos. And he legit looked like he fit right in. <laughs> you can check out the photos that we posted of him and these guys on those Murder Girls podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. So John had a beautiful teenage daughter that he just loved. He was always buying her gifts and spending quality time with her. He adored his baby girl and his first priority was always to take care of her. And this was something that got under his girlfriend Valerie's skin. Because, you know, us girls, we want those like deadbeat dads, right? <laughs> so weird. What a, what a nut job she is. Like how <laughs> money hungry and greedy can you be to be jealous know. of a man's own daughter? Taking care of his daughter. Yeah. So wow. money was definitely her motive. As her marriage like continued to fall apart and the divorce began to get nasty, she relied more and more on John to carry her weight. He was paying for her apartment and her car. And to think like cops make some good money. Right? Especially she had been there for quite some time, yeah. but her sugar daddy took care of her. So Wait, hold on. Can how, we get one? How do I get one of those? <laughs> right. I've seen those videos of the girls that are like, I am looking for a sugar daddy with a boat. Yeah. I am looking for a sugar daddy with a boat. <laughs> it's going to be me. Watch out, guys. Right. But I guess it wasn't enough for her because to top all that off, she was livid when the judge handed down news at her divorce proceeding, informing Valerie that she was going to have to share her police benefits and pension with her soon-to-be ex-husband, <laughs> Isaiah. So it's like, oh my God, on top of my boyfriend John spending all this time and money with his daughter, now this. But it's like, dude, Valerie. How dare you? Shut up. <laughs> it's not even your money that he's spending. So who cares? Mind your business. Your car's paid for. Your rent's paid for. Like, just deal with your own troubles, you know? I don't think she was so down with that, though. No, not at all. Obviously. Right? So Valerie became increasingly frustrated, you know, with all the time and money, John and his daughter. She even went as far as to say she felt that John's daughter was getting in the way. Oh my goodness. Like, That's I mean, creepy. If you're a parent She said out that out there, loud? She Who said that out that? loud. I need to know. I feel like your daughter is <laughs> getting in the way. Like, if you're a parent, I mean, who says that about their significant other's mm -mm. child? Valerie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie wanted John and his money, you know, all to herself. She didn't want to have to share him with his daughter. And she also sure as hell didn't want to share her police pension and benefits with her soon-to-be ex-husband. I mean, what's a girl to do in this situation? <laughs> so Valerie devises a plan, sets this plan into motion. She's got to fire, you know, a hitman, and she's got to hire him to remove all of these problems. Just make them go away. Who other in her mind to turn to than her boyfriend, John, which I still think is odd to this day, but she did. So she tells John, look, I need you to find me someone. I need you to find someone to take out my ex-husband. Oh, I'm not sharing my pension with him. I need him gone out of the picture. Like so nonchalant. Like here's the trash. <laughs> take it out to the back. It's right? out of control. I Jeez. totally agree. So she's just all looking to get rid of him, ask him. She's pretty much ruthless. She tells John she has seven grand for anyone that he could find and hire to take care of this job. $7,000? For killing someone. Jeez. Raina. Dude, I can kill like one person a week and be <laughs> done with my nine to five. What are we doing? Just kidding. <laughs> 
So not just anyone, but I mean, like, let's think about this, you guys. This is the father of her child, and she wants to kill him over a police pension. Mad issues. Super. So John actually is on board. Like, he's on board with the plan. <laughs> he's like, okay, game on. I'm going to help you out, honey. I actually know a guy, and he'll take care of it. Oh, my God. Uh, what the <laughs> heck? I know. So once Valerie said, you know what? Can you also have your hitman take care of two people? Can you have him kill my soon-to-be ex-husband? Also your daughter. What? Yes. She said she wanted the hitman to kill her boyfriend's daughter. So, you know, she wouldn't be in the way of their relationship. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's her father. You're talking to the wrong person about this. Right? Well, we can tell you that the buck stopped there. In John's mind, he's like, all right, this has gone too far. This is crazy. I'm willing to take out the ex-husband, but not my daughter. That's where I draw the line. That's exactly is what it I murder was where somebody would draw the line? Whatever. When we were researching that, that's what I was like, oh, my God. Raina, their own. That's where he's like, no more. Yeah. We're done. So he basically took this plan and he went straight to the police, unbeknownst to Valerie, to kind of let them know what was going on. He's like, look, my girlfriend, she's trying to get a hitman. She's trying to kill her husband and she wants to kill my daughter. Well, the cops have this information, but not enough to do anything like right then. So they needed to catch Valerie red handed. So they kind of just sit back, relax. They want to watch the plot unfold. They want to <laughs> bait her. And John gladly agrees to help them. So with the cops not too far off, John goes along with Valerie's plan. He's calling up his hitman friends like, what the heck? <laughs> In search of the perfect killer. How does one interview a hitman friend? Like, is there like so America's crazy. Next Top Model? Do you just do like a lineup or something? Right? <laughs> so you swear you're not going to say anything. So everything's good, right? Let How, me see your resume. Yeah. Do you have references? How so, many people have you killed? I know. So John is like making all these calls, you know, asking those questions about people's <laughs> references and experience. While on the other side of things, Valerie is working out the logistics. When and where these hits will take place. She had to be strategic because God forbid it looks too obvious where two people with one common denominator, which is Valerie, are dead in like a week, you know? Gosh, cover that up. Yeah, no kidding. So she totally just has to make it look like random acts of violence, which my question is, isn't this what the hitman that you're hiring is supposed to like plan out? Isn't that your job? She's that controlling. I'm not even that controlling. <laughs> so Valerie tells John to let this hitman know like, hey, he needs to kill Isaiah somewhere in the ghetto, like far away from here. Nothing that can like lead back to me and don't kill Isaiah too close to when you kill your daughter because that's just going to look like way too suspicious. <laughs> so she literally told John to tell the hitman about his own daughter. Have him run her the fuck over to make this girl's death appear to be a hit and run. Again, she wants John to tell the hitman about his own daughter to have him run her over to make it look like a hit and run accident. I can't. Dude. Valerie. And Valerie believes that if this hit and run takes place near the school, that would even look <laughs> less suspicious. And she's like, yeah, like this is the perfect spot, a prime location to have your daughter mowed down. Well, she's like, tell the hitman to kill your daughter one weekend. And then about roughly a week or so later, or maybe even the next month, go ahead and kill my husband. Because, you know, that, that won't look suspicious. Not at all. That is a great plan, Valerie. <laughs> 
As you can see, Valerie's putting some serious thought and planning into this whole murder for hire. All the while, John is like taking all this information, everything that she's saying, and reporting back to police. But even with all of that, cops still need more to like hook her. So during all of these conversations, John is wearing a wire. Each and every word of Valerie's is being recorded and she's incriminating herself and she has no idea. On one of the calls, John lets Valerie know that he found the perfect hitman for the job. And this hitman, obviously she has no idea, happens to be an undercover cop that he had, you know, been working with at the department. So John lets Valerie know that this hitman does not want to be paid in cash. This hit has to be paid in gold. So she's going to have to go to the bank, withdraw the money, give it to John, and then John will go and have that money transferred into gold, which he will then hand over to Mr. Hitman for a job well done. It's a very methodical plan. Seri- mm-hmm. I like it. All right. So the plan now is moving forward on February 18th. Valerie, you know, heads down to the local TD Bank branch. She withdraws the 7000 in cash, hands it on over to John, you know, get the deed taken care of. <laughs> And, you know, let's just get the show on the road. Right? Let's, let's wrap, wrap it up. Let's go, people. <laughs> Put a move on it. Okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, the cops had their own plan to, you know, trap Miss Valerie in this sick murder for hire plot. Also, can I just say that I cannot imagine what her husband Isaiah felt like? Because the cops obviously had to tell him, like, hey, your wife's planning a hit out on you. He she probably was not surprised. She sounds crazy. She sounds crazy. She like, sounds insane. He's probably like, oh, knocking what's on your now? door. Like, hey, yeah. I just need to let you know your spouse is planning to have you killed. You need to come with me. She's like, yeah, she's been trying to do it she herself for quite some time. Crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Isaiah. So as this is happening, well, as Isaiah was actually thinking too, well, shit, my kid is with my wife right now. Like, if she's willing to kill me, what is she willing to do to my kid? Oh my gosh, like, that's probably shit. when it got super serious. Super serious, like all that going through your head. <laughs> he can probably fathom. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, she sounds crazy. Yes. All of what the cops are saying about her, but then he's like, oh frick. Oh my god, my kid. He's probably thinking if she's willing to have me off, like, yeah. and her boyfriend's daughter. Like, what about my own kid? Police, though, Isaiah, I would feel the same way. The cops then inform Isaiah what's going on. They have their plot. They have to plot against Valerie, but they need Isaiah to play along as well. It's this whole plan they got going on. Mm-hmm. So now back to the plot. They have the plan. 7K has been transferred into John's hands, and he tells Valerie that this murder is going down. It's going to be taken care of. Meanwhile, the cops are now with Isaiah, and they're staging this huge, dramatic, fake murder scene. The cops drive with Isaiah to an undisclosed location, staging him in the car with like shattered windows and like blood all over the place, positioning him like slumped over the steering wheel, looking like he just got shot dead. Once that stage is set, this hitman slash informant texts the photos of Isaiah to John, letting him know, dude, job's done. Isaiah's dead. Now with Isaiah being taken care of, The hitman texts John telling him, you better let Valerie know now if she wants your daughter dead too, that's going to be an additional three grand. John's like receiving all of these text messages and reading them out loud and showing them to Valerie who literally flies into a panic. She's like, shit, we have to erase these messages. What if the cops look through the phones? What if they subpoena us or something? Like Like, that's your main concern? (laughs) 
Yeah, like Isaiah's <laughs> dead and you're worried about text messages. Shit, get rid of the evidence. Yes. Oh my God, what if it comes back to me? I know, but hey, it kind of took her mind off of killing John's daughter, daughter for a second, right? <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't want to get caught based off of these like phone records, but whatever. She has no remorse for what is actually happening. So she's frantically like trying to delete these messages as they come in. And then she's like, oh my God, I need to come up with an alibi for the time of Isaiah's murder. Like, girl, you're a police officer. You've been on the force for 12 years. You'd think that you would have thought about all of this. You're no spring chicken, girl. No, not at all. She is, you know, trying to come up with like this alibi, but she has no idea that John is mic'd up still and apparently not smart enough. Like, dude, phone records are the easiest things to pull and track. Like, why wasn't that your first thought? Come on, Hello. Valerie. So Val has done some searching now at this point on her internet browsing history during all this time that she's been plotting the murder. She's done multiple internet searches for the notorious Amy Fisher, a.k.a. the Long Island Lolita. And if you guys remember that case, which I'm sure you do, she was the woman who shot her lover's wife at point blank range in Long Island because she wanted her gone so she could have her lover all to herself. Oh, my God. So Valerie's doing all these internet searches on Amy. And more importantly, she's searching about Amy's lawyer. Like, Val, why do you want information on her lawyer? Is she going to ask John to hire that lawyer yes. for her? Is that your next favor mm-hmm. to ask? She literally searched, can I get my pension if my husband's dead? And how can I get my pension if my husband dies? Those are very, oh very clear searches, Valerie. I mean, girl, are you that dumb to be searching this shit on your computer in the midst of this murder for hire? I mean, way to way to leave a nice trail. You're making the cough shop real easy. Real freaking easy, Val. So now that the alleged murder has taken place, the cops go to break the terrible, heartbreaking news to Valerie. Devastating. That the father of her child has been tragically murdered in cold blood in this random attack. (gasps) Yet not so random, was it, Valerie? (laughs) On May 17th, the investigators from the Suffolk County Police Department pay Valerie a visit, informing her of the devastating news. Heartbroken, Valerie is just beside herself with these (laughs) investigators standing in front of her, putting on, like, the best A-list show, crying, (laughs) just devastated, like, how did this happen? She's a total freaking mess. She needs an Academy Award. She does. The cops deliver their news, and they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. Obviously, they know it's a bunch of BS. So they're gone. And what does Valerie do next? She picks up the phone and calls her lover, John, to discuss her alibi. (laughs) I can't even with Valerie right now. I'm like, are your fake tears even dry yet? (laughs) Hello? Give her a tissue. As they're on this call, obviously they're not the only two on the call because, hello, he's wearing a wire. Investigators catch every word, and once they feel like they have what they need, they haul back to Valerie's door and arrest her. Hmm. Valerie was immediately suspended without pay from the police department and locked up at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn. Now, here is what I think is strange about this. Her own father went on to say that he had issues with John in the past. He said that John was kind of a jackass, that he had made allegations against Valerie, and he feels that John is fully behind this murder for higher plot. I mean, not his beloved dollar Valerie. Like, no, it's all John. 
Valerie had been charged then with obstructing justice for erasing, you know, all those messages from her phone. She was also charged with the murder for hire relating to her husband and as well as John's daughter. So she was facing a max of 10 years in prison. Valerie, you know, she just maintained her innocence throughout this entire fiasco, claiming she would never, she would never take a hit out on her husband, let alone her boyfriend's daughter. It's absolutely not. <laughs> she would What's never do that. Now? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on. She was a decorated police officer. Why would she ever do such a horrific thing? Right. Valerie today is not too happy on the other side of the jailhouse bars because she eventually struck a plea deal in April of this year, obviously trying to get her sentence reduced to um, not the murder for hire charges, though. She only pled guilty to the obstruction of justice charges. So she is sitting in a cold cell all by herself because she was denied bail while she waited for her sentencing. Her two alleged victims were super vocal about not wanting the judge to have her release before her day in court. Shit, neither would I. I'd be scared out of my mind. Yeah, they probably were afraid that she would try and hire another (laughs) hit out on them. But thankfully for now, Valerie is still sitting behind bars. Yes, far cry from that devoted wife that everybody believed, Mm. lover of the children, mother and protector of the city. Oh, yes. But Val will end up sitting there until she learns her fate at her October 29th sentencing Now she's currently facing 63 months behind bars for, you know, this very botched murder for hire attempt. John still says that he absolutely loves Valerie. And I cannot even process that because she literally tried to have your daughter killed. I can't either. He's like, I stand by her. I still love her with all my heart. I'm like, what? What? I don't know. Well, we're going to update you guys after the sentencing and let you know what takes place on October 29th. So we'll let you all know. It's going to be a whole bunch of crazy. He's going to be there. Watch. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today for Valerie's insane story (laughs) and the insane lover who still, you know, says his heart belongs to her. I love you, Raina, but I don't know if I could stand by you through something like that. I mean, what if I wasn't trying to, like, murder for hire you? (laughs) What if it was somebody else? Come on, girl. All right, I'll be there front row. Okay, I got you, girl. (laughs) I got your bail money. I need some money on my books, too, because I highly doubt I would get released. (laughs) So if you guys liked today's story, please head over where you're listening to us now. Give us a five-star review. Five-star rating, you guys. We deserve it. We have been busting our asses for you guys. Show up every Friday. Mm -hmm. As always, we hope you all have a safe weekend, and we'll see you back here next Friday. Bye, Bye, guys.